Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, and I am the host. This is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring makers, artists, and professionals who are doing something neat. And this is the 100th episode of that weekly radio show. All those teachers and guidance counselors who told me I was crazy, that I would never host 100 episodes of something called a podcast, I proved them all wrong. But that was the late 80s and early 90s for you. Always people telling you that the technology you're talking about doesn't exist yet. The technology to follow us for the next 100 episodes does exist, however. We are on the Facebook, the Instagram, sort of on the Twitter. I'm not sure if the Snapchat really appeals to anyone anymore. On with the show, the 100th show. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. I do this every week. Uh, Mondays, I think it is today, Monday from 7 to 9. Every week, every week, I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Anthony Biggie Bencomo is here. Good morning, Biggie. What's going on, man? Should I call you Biggie? Should I call you? Please call me Biggie. Anthony? No, you can call me Biggie. Unless uh, you're from up north, you can call me Anthony if you want, but okay. usually everyone calls me Biggie. I'm not from up north, so I'm going to call you Biggie. <laughs> So good to have you here. Uh, I've known you for a few months now. We met yeah. at, we formally met at an event for Nerd Night, actually. You had a booth set up. I had a booth set up. It was their five-year anniversary. Yeah. I thought yeah. we were going to be, you know, like Mortal Kombat. Some sort of situation was going to come <laughs> up between the two of us. Turns out you're a sweet guy. You're a Thanks. super nice guy. So Mortal Kombat, I'll save that for another time. Let me get to know you a little bit better because, you know, we've chatted. We follow each other on the Instagrams. You do some great stuff with Deli Fresh Threads, community building, brand building. I want to talk all about that. But first, let's talk about you. Let's play a game. Uh, 20 questions game. Got it. So I'm going to say something. You're going to react. Are you for it? Are you against it? And we might dig into it depending on your got it. reaction. So if you have a really visceral reaction, yeah. I want to know why. You got it. Uh, but we're going to play a game instead of uh, yes or no or up or down. We're going to play bread or water. Bread or water. Yes. Okay. Uh, bread being the basis of a sandwich. You're a sandwich guy. Yes. And so that is you actually have bread on your shirt currently. Yeah, that's me, Biggie Bread. Yep. And so that is very important. So if you for something bread, water, what is it good for? I mean, fish do stuff in it. I'm not going to say what. So why even bother with it? Okay. Okay. So that's it. We are in the middle of this season right now. How do you feel about summer camp, bread or water? Bread. Yeah. Did you go to bread. summer camp when yep. you were a kid? Went to summer camp. Uh, went to uh, up. I used to live up north. Mm -hmm. I used to, a lot of summer camp as a kid. Did everything from as a camper to counselor and training to tr to counselor. Oh, and, so uh, you worked. So yeah, I worked camp. it. I worked. I went to a camp called Camp Makia. Yeah. And uh, man, it was like when I think summer as a kid, that was like that was it. Going to summer camp, did uh, day camp, and then I also did sleepaway. Sleep I would away. sleep away like you know maybe like half, maybe two or three weeks during the summer, sleep away. And so uh, your and I loved it. Just didn't want you around. Well, my parents were hard working, and so they're like it was either that or or I would go to like some I don't know they would have to figure out some other childcare. So they yeah. kind of they were smart. When I turned like twelve, it's like eleven, twelve. The the Y said to them, "Hey, we got this great idea, counselor and training." Really, what it was is underage uh, free work. Yeah, they yeah. basically my parents I think paid like fifty bucks for the summer. 
they said, well, you pay us 50 bucks and you're, we'll, we'll keep your kid for the summer, but it will make him work. And so that's what they did. They made, him, made me work, but I loved it. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And then at the end of the year, they were smart. What they would do is they would give me a bonus check. And the bonus check was really my parents' money back, but it was to me. <laughs> Oh, nice. So they would you would me get back. the $50. So it was free, I was basically free labor and I got a bonus, but I loved it. It was awesome to, you know, definitely the summertime fun. It was, uh, that was swimming in a lake. It was, uh, everything, everything that you don't, um, I guess see here in Florida as much. So like, there's no lake, unless you're willing to travel, you know, large, long distances, you're not going to be going uh, to lakes and doing all this like archery and all that stuff. There are some areas I know that like a popka think. Has yeah, one. you could do some of yeah, that over which, there. Um, I'm hoping to get my daughter to hopefully do in the future. Well, it seems like sleepaway camps uh, aren't as in favor in the South. Um, and in general, it seems like now it's the day camp experience, but then it's very focused day camp, right? Like you're Correct. not going to be making wallets or anything. Correct. You're going to movie making and coding yeah. and lego camp and exactly lucky little so-and-so's <laughs> uh biggie how do you feel about voicemail bread or water water uh the reason i say that is uh my my voicemail is usually full uh it's <laughs> so it's one of those where i don't know you might as well just text me or send me an email so you purposefully fill it up yourself just so that people can't leave you voicemails it's That's a, actually a really good idea it's a mixture of um in my in my day my corporate world corporate life um they yes i uh, i'm on the phone so much i miss calls so therefore i just leave it full just so that way it, at least uh they're gonna have to i'm gonna re, i'm always there so it's one of those things yeah. where just either call me again and i'll pick up the phone it's not that i don't want to pick up the phone it's just it I'm fills up so fast yeah. and then in person you know regular day-to-day life just send me a text or, or whatnot half the time i don't listen to it or if you get one of those calls and you see who it is it's you usually like a back. scammer i'm gonna yeah. call him back if i yeah. miss the call yeah all right, very good. How do you feel about zombies, bread or water? Bread. Mm-hmm. I'm not super like, you know, I'm not like, I guess like I like the movie Zombieland, mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Like I just think it's, it's the aspect of it is fun. I'm not super like a, Comedy with a little yeah, bit comedy, of Yeah, comedy, something like that. I'm not into the whole thing of like zombie apocalypse, what are we doing? You know, I'm I, like, I'm, I don't you know, know. Like I enjoy watching them, but I'm not. I'm not gonna Grateful Dead. Like, what is not the Grateful Dead? What is it? The it's the Grateful Dead. Not Grateful yeah. Dead. The the the, <laughs> the no, Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not into. Like I don't watch it. Um. You know. I know it's a great show, but I don't watch it. So it, it's one of those where I could either hit or miss. I guess. Okay. Very good. Uh, let's talk about coffee. How do you feel about coffee? Bread or water? Definitely bread. Yeah. Um, especially in the morning. I'm, I'm a pretty good morning person, mm-hmm. but I definitely need, my body needs that caffeine, at least a cup full, at least a cup of coffee, at least. Just get you going. You seem very naturally emotive and enthusiastic yeah. and all of that, but you just need that little kickstart. Yeah, I do need that little kickstart. I need yeah. that little kickstart just to kind of, if not, sometimes I get like little headaches just because uh, my body kind of craves that caffeine gotcha. in the morning. All right. How do you feel about the beach? So I used to be, uh, I used to be water and uh, yeah. it's turned into bread. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. So, so I used to it. not be much into it. I kind of thought it was a little, uh, you know, I thought it was boring. Uh, and I mean, I liked walking in it, you know, walking at the beach and this and that. But as I got older and, and with a family, I, I enjoy the beach. I think it, it actually does 
there is a calming presence, and I think that's some, one of those things where you actually does it does re-energize you. It's amazing mm-hmm. just one spending a night, you know, or spending one day at the beach, um, and then you kind of it's just kind of you know the relaxation. Obviously, it could be it could be non-relaxing if you're constantly having to run around and do stuff. But if you can sit down and just listen to the waves and walk around and you know go in the water and just kind of relax and, and be able to partake in that way, I think it's a it's a great way to do. Uh, you know, just to kind of recharge or recenter yourself. Yeah. Um, so in that aspect of it, I, I, I really like it. I mean, it's it's one of those, obviously, definitely skin, you know, wear sunscreen because you would hate the beach if you got burned and as well as also kind of bring like some kind of tent or something like that or umbrellas so that way you're not, you know, you're not, you can get the sun when you want it, but you can also get some shade because nothing worse than, uh, than being fried uh, no, from the sun. That is true. Uh, from a therapeutic aspect, is that something you see in other areas of your life or is that something that's fairly unique to the beach for you where you could go and sit and you get kind of that meditative state, right? Yeah. Like you're the water and the, the sun and the and heat and the Yeah, I mean, nature, else. I think nature does that a lot. You can do that when you go to the parks and stuff like that. But I definitely think, especially here in Florida, going to the beach I is probably my area where it's kind of like I... We just enjoy it, and I and I noticed it more and more just because of how hectic life is. I think I'm I appreciate it now more than I didn't I didn't appreciate it as much because I was always mm-hmm. going. And when you're young, you're just kind of you know you're just there's no such thing as stopping. Um, and now being able to just take a moment to actually stop, recharge, and actually refocus, I think it's a you know it's definitely a great avenue, definitely a great thing to do. So you're also I guess what I'm hearing there too is you're not taking it for granted. Right? No, like you're actually appreciating the time that you have as opposed to when you're. 25 and you don't appreciate any of the time because you don't have that that perspective not necessarily sorry i'm not trying to yeah to pigeonhole all 25 year olds 25 year old very big demographic for us here uh on what can i i forgot to mention this is the 100th episode uh, to a certain degree so thank you for coming in today the uh 25 year olds uh or the people who may not have all the perspective of working and uh, family and all of those things may not really appreciate it in the same way. Correct. Correct. I know I, I, I didn't yeah. back then. I, I took it for granted. I grew up in Ormond Beach, so now the beach to me is like, eh, it's the beach. But yeah. when I go, I have fun. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Driverless cars, bread or water? In, I guess, indifferent. I have like, I have a, I have, there's certain aspects of it that I kind of like. So soggy bread? Yeah, kind of okay. like just, I guess, a mushy, actually, mushy, mushy, mushy sandwich, yeah. Yeah, that and, actually, that sounds about right for driverless cars as they stand right now. <laughs> and I think the reason being is the, the fact of, I guess I look at it two ways. One, yes, it's kind of fun. I mean, obviously, we, we're becoming more, uh, I guess, lazy, I guess, as a society mm-hmm. in the sense that we don't have to drive. It, I definitely feel that as long as, if everyone's kind of, I guess, doing driverless cars, uh it possibly may work a little bit easier, but if you have the element of the human element of it and you have some with and some don't, I don't know if a, if a driverless car can react, you know, to how, you know, the craziness of some, some drivers and the stupidity of some drivers. So I think that's the part where I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I definitely would be down for it. I mean, I've seen, I know some cars already you're doing it there's certain elements to it already installed in cars mm-hmm. everything from you know you you know you being too close to a car to self parking the parallel parking um, all those elements so i'm definitely growing to it i'm not anti anti driverless car i think it's just as technology improves and maybe we have more people instituting it then maybe it'll probably be a little bit easier i'm just 
the human factors, the the part yeah. that I'm kind of you know interest. I'm curious about. So you lived up north. Did you uh, live in a place with a lot of uh, public transit and good public transit? Yeah, I lived in New Jersey, so there was a lot of public transportation. My parents, uh, my parents lived in worked in New York, so they pretty much did everything from the bus, the path, you know, trains, taxis, yeah. you know, everything. So they were able to do. Um, so we definitely did quite a bit of it, and I try to utilize it wherever I go. Whenever we travel to a city that has a good uh, public transportation, we'll try to tend to use that. Um, here, unfortunately, you need a car. I mean, it's really in a car, Uber, or, you know, you could, you know, or a bike, I guess, if you're willing to, if you want to bike it everywhere, depending on where it is. But there's some things that are. And how you um, want to smell when you get there. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Bring an extra shirt. <laughs> All right. So I know you're a sandwich guy, but uh, how do you feel about jerky? Jerky. I like jerky. I think jerky is a good snack. I think it's something that, uh, you know, I tend to, I tend to have some in my drawer in my office. If I yeah. ever need like a, an extra boost of uh, protein and a whatnot. protein yeah. shot in the end of the day. Yeah. So I'd say bread. Very good on that one. What about, okay. So tiny houses. Yeah. Yeah. This whole movement to yeah. minimalism and everything else. I mean, I know you have a family. I know yeah. you have a, a, a daughter and I'm sure you, do you have some pets and stuff? I have a dog. Yeah. So, okay. So. Forget all that for a second. Yeah. How do you feel about tiny houses and that sort of movement, like in theory? I think it's, so I think it's, I think it's awesome. So I'm going to go bread. Okay. Um, I think it's an awesome concept. I do think um, I'm starting to realize, see more and more how, you know, we as a society or an American society, we have a lot of crap. Like I'm amazed at how many storage places are opening up around me. Oh, yeah. uh, in our areas, and I'm just amazed by that. And so, um, I, I, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure watching these tiny houses, like these shows, like how people make them. Some of them, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to do it, mm-hmm. but I've also seen some amazing concepts that they've done. Like, um, I think Detroit has some where they're making tiny houses, but they're using them for the homeless. Yeah. And um, I think it's that those things like that, I think they're amazing concepts. I think I think it definitely would help quite a few uh, and many people to be able to do that. I think I would need something a little bit bigger than that. I'm actually a bigger fan of container homes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I'm kind of like reconverting those. Yeah, reconverting yeah. those. I'm kind of into I kind of I've always been in, like I've always curious about that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great idea. I think it's a, I think I think we even have a community here in uh, in Orlando. I think there's at least one. Yeah, yeah. there's at least one that has them. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not really into the whole idea of like I want to get off the grid. I'm like, I'm not one of those. Right. But I know a lot of people that like that idea and that concept. And then, you know, and sometimes I think I wish I was more like that where I would, could just be more mobile and kind of be able to hitch my little house and on the back of a truck and take it to another city and live somewhere else, you know, and, and like be able when to you're trying it. to escape your job and your family and correct. everything. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I'm going to cut that out of the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> How do you feel about sleep? Sleep. Bread or water? Because uh, I know you get very little of it. I'm gonna, so I'm just curious yeah, if I'm you actually soggy. like it. I'm going soggy. And it's, okay. and it's like, so my doctor says sleep's very important. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, obviously, you know, all sleep is important. I've tried to become more, um, I'm more, I guess, more obvious, or I guess I'm paying more attention to it. I even have the, on my iPhone, the whole, you know, the bed sleep one, you know, on your timer. When you go to your clock, there's like one that's like a little bed. And you actually, it'll tell me a reminder like, hey, make sure you go to bed. So you get seven and a half or seven hours sleep. Sure. But the thing is, there's, 
Because yeah. I listen to my phone all the time. Yeah. My well, phone tells me to do stuff. Correct. Constantly. Yeah. Just like Siri and uh, Alexa. <laughs> but the the big thing for me is, I guess, is the it's balance. Like, okay, that's great. Like, you want me to, you know, you want me to eat well. You want me to, you want me to work out. You want me to sleep well. But then, like, how do you balance all of that? Some Something's going to have to give. There's yeah. not enough hours. So I've, I, you know, and I think as you get older as well, you and, and especially if you're in the daily grind of waking up early anyhow, there's not such thing as sleeping in really that, that often. Right. Um, so for me, it's I, I would love to have more time to sleep, but there's also not enough hours in the day for me to be able to work a full time job, run a side business, be a dad, be a husband, you know, do all these things. Also, oh, by the way, let's be healthy and spend 30 minutes to work out or do some physical activity in this Florida sun. You know, th- all these things together, I think, is just. After a while, you're like, well, when do you want me to go to bed, um, you know, for me to be able to pull that off? So right. I love the concept of sleep. I want to sleep and I and I do try to make I've made efforts to sleep more as I've gotten older. Um, but I also know that sometimes you got to hustle and you got to be able to get things done. And sometimes when your brain is just going, you just got to, you know, feed the beast and keep going. Right. When you have that opportunity and that momentum, then you have to you have to do that. I think it was interesting because I saw two studies uh, recently, one came out that said, you know, this idea that you can catch up on sleep on the weekends mm-hmm. is bogus and is actually unhealthy. Correct. And then within a week, another study came out and said, no, 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 it's fine. You can catch up on sleep on the weekend. I was like, oh, thank God. Because that's the only time. That's the only time I can I can catch up yeah. on that sleep. Yeah. All right. So this is happening. Uh, you know, the bike share program, right? Yeah. So we have juice here in Orlando. So out west where they try uh, crazy new things that often fail, uh, they are trying uh, scooters, but electric scooters. So same okay. situation. So what they're having a problem with is uh, people riding these electric scooters down the sidewalk. So specifically on that, bread or water? Water. Yeah. Yeah, I have an issue with that. I mean, okay. It's a, it's electric. I mean, it'd be different. Now, are we talking electric scooters, meaning like, like the little Vespas that no, are actually, no, no, or are no, we no. talking like, like the little, the razors? Yeah, the razors. Yeah, I still have an issue electric, with that. I mean, yeah. you know, and I don't want to sound like the old guy, like get off my blonde type of thing. But, you know, if you're going at a certain, if there's a certain level of speed, I guess, going on, then get, at least stay on like the bike lane of the, of the street, you know, on the road and kind of go that route. Outside if you're of the going, sidewalk. Yeah, outside of the sidewalk. Okay. So this is what I was thinking about. What if you could clothesline somebody? If I can do that and like, or I could just totally just shove them yeah. and just be like, whatever. For yeah. Sure. Like that's basically like, if that's the rule of the, of the yeah, sidewalk full where, contact, yeah, yeah, then I'm, I'm doing total bread right there. <laughs> total bread. That's what I was thinking about. I couldn't get past the idea that, uh, that yeah, if I could just kind of hip check somebody occasionally, like that would get a lot, a lot of aggression. Yeah. I would go to work yeah. so much oh, yeah. happier and yeah. so much more well adjusted <laughs> if I could take. I also feel about that uh, about Segway tours. Mm-hmm. Like I see somebody on a Segway on a Segway tour, I just want to go tackle them. Well, I, don't that, know I think of Paul Blart. Yes, yeah. yes, very visceral reaction. Uh, cursive. So we talked a little bit about uh, you as a kid going yep. to summer camp. Did you ever learn cursive as a kid? I did learn. Kids I, I should learn it. I did learn cursive. My daughter is actually doing, loves doing cursive whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, it's one of those where I don't think we really need cursive. So I'm going to go water. I mean, uh, as long as you, I, I do believe in, you know, legible or good penmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't cursive. I mean, who's, who uses it? 
Well, I like that. So you write a handwritten note for every order that comes into Deli Fresh Threads. Yes. And so if you wrote that in cursive, I would imagine at this point, half of the people who received that wouldn't even be able to they read it. They would have no idea what the heck yeah. I'm writing about. Did yeah. you have to spend a lot of time relearning how to write? Uh, was your handwriting already legible? My or? handwriting was pretty good. And oh, okay. Supposedly, and it's funny because I've heard, I've read certain things of how you, how you write things is um, some things I've just read from like when you go cursive to print Yeah. sometimes. They say that it's, you know, sometimes it could, um, you're almost kind of, it's almost like a perfect lie detector test based on how you're writing. Um, you know, if you start writing a, like a, a note for someone and all of a sudden you go from script to, to print and back to script, like it kind of shows like you're maybe not telling the full truth. I don't know how much accuracy that is or if I just making that up after I read it, but sure. I was like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. But yeah, it took me a while. And because of the fact that we don't print or you don't handwrite anything anymore uh, or as often like notes and letters um, it definitely after a while when I'm doing many of them especially like if I'm doing an event I try to like do like kind of like a generalized one mm -hmm. but then when people order from me online um, you know or, or when I made place an order with me and I and I do something I do personalize it so I do you know I want people to actually know that it's me handwriting each one and I'm taking that you know painstaking uh, you know activity to be able, you know because I appreciate what they're doing for me. Very nice. All right, let's leave it at this one. Um, this is a new topic, and Got I it. was horrified when I heard about this. I kind of already knew this, but even more horrified. Flying spiders. Flying spiders? Yes. So what happens is, uh, and I didn't realize this, they can kind of shoot out some silk, and it get, gets caught in the air, and they'll just go kind of fly away. So like in straight up Spider-Man style, like when he like swim, you know, swings through the city. Even more so, what they do is they just found out that because of the polarity, like it's negatively charged the earth and it's positively charged the, uh, the air or the atmosphere, that they can fly even farther because of that. So there's spiders literally circling our heads right now. Yeah, no, definitely water, not, not into that at all. <laughs> Not 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 into that at all. I understand they do webs, and I understand they kill. You know, a lot of the mosquitoes yeah, bugs, and the bugs. They're super useful. All about that. Love you, all spiders. About that. Spiders are a big uh, demographic for yep. us listeners, Good. Uh, left and right. Good. Apparently, they're in the airwaves. I mean, they're hearing us constantly, constantly. But uh, yeah, no, not into the whole idea of him kind of latching onto me, crawling up and into my clothes or into my ear. Yeah, no. Yeah, not, laying not eggs down with in that. my ear is mm -mm. just the, oh, that's the most horrific thing. So let's leave it at that. Okay. Everyone can start thinking about that Beautiful. as they're getting out of their car to go to work, like just covering their ears and running. <laughs> that's a really good idea, actually. We should do uh, spider earmuffs now would be a good bad business idea. That's actually for like Deli that. Fresh Threads. <laughs> Sp not a bad idea. All right. So we'll come back with uh, Biggie, Deli Fresh Threads. We're going to talk about how you got here, your yeah. creative process, all of these things. So glad to have you here. Happy 100th. Thank you. Happy 100 to you, sir. Do I look 100? No. You look ageless. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Let's listen to some Galactic with Black Eyed Pete on WPRK. Black Eyed Pete, that was weird to say, on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Let me tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, The Last Straw. You're at work. You're starving and need something fast for lunch, so you pick up a sub. You barely chew it. You're so hungry. It was just there, and now it's gone. That's bad, right? No, seriously, that's bad, right? Because I literally just had a sandwich when I woke up this morning. Like, every morning I wake up starving, I make a Philly cheesesteak at... Well, forget that for a second. How about we slow that process down? 
with a straw, a sandwich straw. You stab it and then suck out the sandwich. You get a little bit of everything, and now it takes hours to eat that sandwich. The last straw for your health. Galactic on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was Black Eyed P. I thought I'd go with some food stuff, make us hungry this morning. Oh, let's do it. All right. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here with a very, very special guest, a very special episode, 100th episode. Happy 100. Can't believe I got here. You know what they say about a podcast when it gets to 100. No, what do they say? It's been about two years. Especially if it's weekly. Yeah. 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 Uh, they might also like it. say it's kind of good, but I don't yeah, know. That's great, man. Uh, Biggie, there's a few things. Daily Fresh Threads, I want to get into it and talk a little bit about, you know, being an entrepreneur, being creative mm-hmm. and having sort of this very specific vision and brand. And I know we're going to, you know, I want to talk too about your college experience okay. and uh, how you got into sort of the t-shirt industry yeah. there. Because I know a little bit of the backstory with that. But let's start out. I think one of the things that, you know, I I come from this uh, agency world and I know a lot of graphic designers. And, you know, in my head, somebody who does the level of design work that Deli Fresh Threads does, the person in charge would have to be a graphic designer. Yeah. But you're not. Not at all. So you have these visions of what you want and you work with graphic designers to get there. Yep. And I thought that was really compelling and interesting because I think that, again, you know, if you have this idea in your head of there's only one way to do things, you're you may not be seeing the forest for the trees. So how does that I guess let's start out with the process. You come up with an idea for a shirt and you're not just throwing out like 20 ideas a week. This is a very controlled process that you're going through. What does that process look like? How do you find a graphic designer to sort of partner with? And then what is that working relationship like? Okay. So, yeah, so I, I have like a, you know, I've everyone's got like idea books or brainstorming books. And so what I'll, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll kind of come up with ideas. I'll doodle them. Um, it could be anything from anywhere I'm inspired. If I go on, like if I'm on a trip mm-hmm. or if I'm just kind of, I hear something um, or heck even watching cartoons, it could be a variety of different things that kind of go through my head. And a, a lot of times what I'll tend to do is I'll tend to, you know, doodle what I what I visualize, what I see, um, and and that's I think to me a lot of it is, and it's always I've been doing this for five years now. So one of the things that I what I did was when I thought about the idea of wanting to create a brand and knowing that I needed graphic designers, I actually started reaching out to graphic designers that I appreciated, I enjoyed, and asked them for tips and ideas, um, just kind of little things, just to kind of some of it's pretty, you know, pretty. I guess, pretty common sense, you know, like I I think artists want to know, they don't want you to, you know, I guess for me in my, in my case, I, what I did was I did a lot of research on different artists Mm -hmm. and I kind of see what their style is. And obviously there's a certain, each artist has their own style and flavor for what they do. And so for me, when I go and I approach an artist, I usually, most of the time I already have like a, I would call it like a doodle or a, a vision of like, this is what I see. And, and then what I'll do is I'll then say, Hey, listen, I like your style. I want you to use, you utilize your style. So I kind of want them to be able to have their flavor. I don't want them to just exactly give me what I'm doing. Um, but I do want to have like a certain vision of like, this is what I see. Can you make this, you know, let's work together and let's use your, how I like, how, like how I like your creative process. I like what you do and let's put my vision in, but this is what I see. So are you using different artists? Is it one I artist do use mainly? different artists. Okay, so you go from yeah. artist to artist depending on 
what your vision is and who's, where you feel like they most match. Correct. And, and a lot of times I try to do that as much as possible. Lately, I've been using, you know, kind of a, just a few um, artists kind of working with just because they've, they understand my brand. And that's the other thing. Like, I think for me, a lot of times what I do is I don't just randomly approach people. Um, I do a lot of I do a lot of interaction on like an Instagram or Twitter and just because I want them You're to vetting them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I want to know who they are. Um, I want to get to I want to get to know them. I want them to understand who I am and understand what my brand is. I don't want someone just to, you know, it sounds crazy, but I want them to be invested. I want them to actually like sandwiches. I like them to like what they're drawing, what they're working on. If they're proud and happy with what they're working on then they're going to basically share it and they're going to want to tell people right. about it and they're going to be happy to be associated with my brand. Well, you can tell, right, when a design is like if you go to a Fiverr or something like that, not that there's anything wrong with yeah. that, but if you go to something like that and someone's just knocking out 13, 14 logos for you Correct. for $10, um, there's very much a difference you can see mm -hmm. in the design when somebody's really invested in something. Correct. And somebody's really taking the time to be thoughtful and to translate exactly what that vision is. Exactly. And I think that's super important because when they when you care about what you're doing then you're you're willing to take the do the little extra details and the mm -hmm. little extra the little extra touches and those little extra touches I think are what people tend to appreciate and tend to notice. Um perfect example like you have the Lunchbox All-Star. The the Lunchbox All-Star is inspired by the Converse um design. Logo, yeah. Now, if you look at the stitching Usually there's stitching on the Converse things, but if you look at the stitching of the shirt, it's actually little pickles um, that make the stitching around the circle. So it's the little things like that that I think, you know, take your brand to another level and kind of show people like, wow, this person's not like just making sandwich shirts. He's actually like obsessed and he's taking it to another level. So you, so you want to show your obsession? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I want to talk to you a little bit more about brand because I know you were reading recently one of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's yep. uh, books. But um, uh, in talking about working with the artist, mm -hmm. you know, this is something that I think in some ways intimidates people. They get an idea in their head of how it's supposed to be. You have the the artist as the uh, pretentious sort of art director wants to do it their way. And you always, you know, you kind of see the the stereotype is that you're going to butt heads with yeah. that person. How do you find the best way it is to collaborate? How would you recommend working with a graphic designer to other people? So for me, because of the fact that I've already created or established a relationship with them on social media, going back and forth and commenting and maybe direct messages and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, you know, by the time we get to a point of working working with each other, I, I pretty much I'm very I'm very honest and candid with them. I mean, obviously, um, a lot of people, you know, it, it makes me feel really good to know that certain artists want to automatically. They're like, yeah, I'd love to work with you. And, it, and it's, it's a great feeling to know that they see what my brand's about and they want to work with me. But then I also have that conversation with them like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I envision. Um, I'm basically and I'm not saying I'm Walt Disney, but. Walt Disney, that's what he used to do. He, even though he drew Mickey Mouse, he, he had other people that drew him. Sure. And, um, and he would envision what he wanted and what he saw. And so that's kind of what I've done. I basically, in my mind, this is what I see. Um, and I provide that information to them. And then I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes I, they may have a better concept than what I, than what I thought of. Um, and then sometimes I may come back and be like, no, I, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And you kind of have to build that 
you know, I don't, I don't, I never want to insult anyone, mm-hmm. and I never, also, never want to waste anyone's time. It's really the other big one. I don't want them kind of going in a circle because if you start going in a, if it starts going into a massive circle where you're like, that's not what I want, make another change, and then it goes back and forth. By the time it's all said and done, you have a horrible experience with the graphic designer. Sure. Graphic designer does not want to work with you anymore right, because right, right. he feel they feel that you have no concept of what you want, and you're just kind of just you know you're just fishing. And when um, you don't want to do that, you want to have some vision of what what it is, um, you know, and sometimes I'm willing to a lot of times I'll tell them, hey, let's do a quick do a quick doodle or do a quick, you know, do something, you know, preliminary sketch, something mm-hmm. that's not, you know, so in- extensive where so that way we can kind of work it out and I can kind of start we can work together as the evolu- as it evolves. And so a lot of times that's kind of what I'll do with them. But a lot of times it's just really the conversation. Uh, the, the hardest part really for me you know, all in all candidness is a lot of brands think I'm a lot of maybe some graphic designers think I'm a little bit bigger of a company than I am. I mean, I'm a really a one man deli shop is really what I am. Right. Because and, the way you approach things, the way you uh, you're you're very specific in mm-hmm. everything that you do, you have a vision for Correct. just about everything. And that comes from, you know, doing it right. Correct. Like you may not have packaged everything the same way that you do now. Yeah. But when you were starting out, uh, you know, it's evolved over time. Correct. And so because of that, sometimes brands and some of these graphic artists um, are start working. And like, I don't even really think about it, but like they're working with lar- way larger companies. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking like numbers of like costs and stuff like that, um, it's very, it's very eye opening to me because it's like, oh uh, yeah, I can't afford that. Like, you know, so sometimes conversations may end that way. Um, just because I, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm not trying to insult you, but I'm also, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm brown bagging it, dude. Like I, yeah, I kinda, this you know, is not a... I, I'm not, I'm not Nike, you know, yeah. I'm like, I can't, I'm not paying you starter money or whatever like that. So a lot of times we'll have that kind of dialogue. And so sometimes some of these artists, because they want to work with me, they'll, they'll be flexible. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you kind of, you know, there's an evolution as you're, when you're, when you're starting out as a small company or a small brand, you may have champagne taste, but I got definitely a beer budget. So I kind of go that route, you know, when I'm trying to evolve and work and I want to work with like-minded people who want to you know, also learn and grow with me and kind of, it's almost like a, a kind of a relationship where they're kind of working with you and, you know, well, they get to build their portfolio exactly. and things they're of that of, nature. You're, working, yeah. you're building together because obviously, and some folks want to actually be part of my brand and want to be like, Hey, I want to do as work as much often with you as possible. Um, I love what you're doing and it's a fun project and it's a fun, you know, fun outlet for me rather than doing the, you know, the regular corporate type of uh, designing that I have to do. So let me ask you this because I think it's it's interesting. I think you and I are both on the same page when it comes to the passion projects that we have. This yeah. is Daily Fresh Threads for you uh, to a certain degree for me. It's not – a side hustle doesn't describe it accurately, right? Because a side hustle implies that we're just trying to make a couple of bucks on the side. Not that there's anything wrong with Correct. that or anything else, but it's something more. And you use the word – brand quite a bit. So you were reading Gary Vaynerchuk's, one of his books. And so I was curious about that because, you know, your brand really does represent something. And I'm not using that in the, like, don't roll your eyes when you're talking about brand. Don't like, this is someone who's really thinking about what's the foundation for his business, for this thing that he's doing. Um, And you show that, I, I think with the level of design that you have, I'm not just complimenting you. I have a question coming up. So, uh, but I'm going to compliment you first. Thanks. But then when Orlando was a uh, sandwich, somebody said that we were sandwich capital of the world or yes. the U S and you did the shirt and all the money, all the proceeds went to second harvest food bank. Yeah. 
So it was about community building as mm-hmm. well. So I guess the, the, the question for me is then what is a brand to you and what's the foundation, right? Like, do you have this, some people might think it's a, it's a motto or it's a mission statement or something like that. Like, where did you start when it came to defining your brand? So obviously the, the concept of the word brand, I guess, or from, you know, I studied marketing at UCF and everything that I read, like I, I obviously, my big thing was, and I guess we'll go with, we'll talk about side hustle to the brand idea. The, the side hustle is, is a very, uh, I guess it's the hot term right now sure. for what everyone likes to use for it. But in reality to me, it's like, it's my other full-time job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and it's, it's, I call it a side hustle just because of the fact that everyone else calls it that. However, in my world, like this, it's really my passion project. It's really what I want it to become. I want it to become my full-time thing, not my side thing that I do on the side because I have a full-time job. And it's one of those where, so in that sense, that's why I kind of would say, yeah, it's on the side because it's not predominantly, you know, it's not funding my home or paying my mortgage, but it's something that I wanted to. Um, and so in that aspect, it's definitely, I call it my passion project uh, more than anything because it is my passion. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the idea of the branding aspect of it, it you know, idea, the idea of branding is obviously you market it, if people market, 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 um, you know, how people want to be seen or portrayed. But branding is really what people think, what, you know, at the end of the day, it's the people who call not really what make your brand or, or what they, how they call or perceive your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, my big thing was, um, you know, and I'm, I am a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. And like I read a book, there was a, there was a time in my life where I was at a cross path where I basically told my wife, hey, listen, I'm happy. I am I am I am I am very happy in my in my life in the sense of married life and like family life. And, you know, and I have a good paying job and I have stability and all these things. I go, but I'm dying. I'm dying little by little every day in the lack of creativity that I'm able to use. And I need to find that outlet. Like that's really where, how it kind of went. And so when I went that route, I was like, what am I passionate about? What is it that I want people? What is it that I love? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you said, you know, you kind of know a little bit of my back history, so I won't go. Yeah, I, no, but let's start because this is okay. a perfect segue for that. So you were at UCF. Yep. I and- went to, I went to UCF. Um, and when I went to UCF, I'm a, I'm a huge UCF, um, Knights fan. So charge on. And, uh, and I know we're on Rollins radio. So, uh, totally but, fine. So, my big thing was I want, I loved, I had this idea for a shirt. Um, and it was, uh, during the time of wrestling was really big and NWO was huge. And I had this idea that it'd be cool to see a UCF version of that shirt. And I kept going to all these different places and telling all these like clothing companies like that, that were like UCF clothing companies and say, Hey, how come you guys should make this shirt? I go, we'll even give you the, I'll even, I have a friend who even designed it. I'm like, I'll give it to you. I just want shirts. I just want, I just want shirts for my friends and I just give me shirts for my friends and I, and everyone was like, Oh, it's pretty cool idea. But yeah, no. And so I, one of my roommates was, he was like, why don't you just do it yourself? Why don't you just start a business and do it yourself? And I was like, uh okay and so like i talked come on I, marketing major yeah. yeah so i teamed up with two other people <laughs> two other friends of mine one did more of the technical side so he was like a computer and enge- computer science person computer engineering another one was accounting and i was marketing so together we kind of worked and we created this small brand called nightmare apparel and um and i did everything legit so like i actually went to the collegiate licensing i reached out to collegiate licensing found out who was all the people that were licensed vendors or licensed the people mm-hmm. did the whole thing and practiced and learned all of that stuff went and found like you know design came up with the design 
We made the shirt. Um, it was an awesome shirt. I mean, it's cool when Dante Culpepper is buying your shirt for him and his family, you know, and stuff like that. And everyone, and it's amazing when I still see the shirt, you know, this is like 20 plus years now and people are still wearing this shirt around. I mean, it's, it's an awesome, it was awesome. And because of that, it kind of led me to then, Hey, I'm like, I'm tired of UCF not having, um, you know, clothing like no one has, there's no cool UCF clothes. Everything we get is generic. Mm -hmm. So we started kind of building from there and that's how I started really getting into the whole thing of like t-shirts. Um, I just love the aspect of it. I love the find the, the aspect that one, we live in Florida, we all wear shirts. Um, and two, the fact should that should be our uniform. It should, yeah, it should, it 100%. should be. I mean, it's, yep. it's flipping hot out. Yeah. So the other aspect of it is I wanted something that, you know, I, I was really big into college sports and I hated when I would go and travel to all these away teams and everyone had these awesome shirts and I had a generic UCF shirt. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of, it just kind of became my thing, and I and I had a full time job. I basically started it my senior year at UCF, and I had a full time job. And I remember working full time, you know. And I would come home, and my on my apartment, really, really my room was just packaging stuff, and I would just pack orders. And I was, I mean, this was at a point where, I mean, we're talking when I say Dante Culpepper, I'm talking like '98, right? Like this, so it's a long time ago, it was twenty like years, 20 ago, years yeah. ago. Um, and so this was like when internet sales was new. I mean, I was like one of the first like online, you know, like people were like, oh, I don't know if I'm, you know, feel comfortable buying, you know. So what I would do is I would we would create it. We would we tailgated at every game. We just set up a table and people would come up and buy from us mm -hmm. um, while we tailgated at the Citrus Bowl. And I loved it. I mean, it was literally was I loved it. I love I never thought of it as work. Um, and then it was the best time ever. And so that kind of what, and I love the idea that I get to use my marketing degree because I did like HR. And so my, my day job never led me to a marketing job. Um, so I actually got to do, use my degree in something. And so that kind of happened. And of course, the one thing you learn when it comes to college sports, if your team does well, then you sell well. If your team stinks, no one buys. Right. And, uh, and I basically, we ended up, our, our goal ultimately was to try to become bigger than just kind of build into the brand and just, you know, all we really wanted was free shirts. That's all we wanted was like cool. Started with, out that way yeah, and then became some shirts bigger. and then yeah. kind of go to make it bigger. And yeah. obviously then UCF became really bad. Um, and we ended up like shutting down the year where I think we were like three and nine. And then the next year we went winless the first time. Um, and then at that point we ended up shutting the business just because it, it just was so it was just a lot of work. Slow, and a lot of, yeah. yeah, it was slow and it just didn't work. And so I also had some other issues with um, athletics uh, that I kind of wanted them. I wanted them to give me more support as a small as a small alumni company trying to do something. And obviously, let's just say larger companies uh, wanted uh, had wanted more say more, had yeah. more say than I did. So I couldn't really get my foot in the door ever. And so it ended up shutting down. And it's something that I loved. And then so. When I fast forward back to telling my wife that there's something, there's this concept or there's something I want to do something that I love, you know, and this is like 15, you know, years later, I'm thinking to myself, what is it that I love? And I knew as much as I loved UCF, I did not want to go back to the UCF um, or college uh, merchandising. Didn't want to go back to that, but I still love t-shirts and I loved everything, the concepts about it. So then I just started thinking to myself, what is it something that I'm passionate about? What is it that I love? Yeah. So and, you were um, looking for your own intellectual property, basically. Correct. So you didn't have to deal with anybody else in terms of partnering or getting permissions or any of those things. Correct. And I yeah. also didn't want it so, so niche because it being so niche, what happens? You only have one, one, you know, one really audience or one market base, and that's UCF fans. Right now, obviously, huge, great time to do it. Everyone's in a high right now. 
but just not, you know, it just would, it's one of those where it's too cyclical. It's not, it's, it's uh, not something you want to go back to. Correct. Too, yeah. Correct. So then I basically went with, what is it? You know, people always ask the question, if you won the lottery, what would you do? And so I really went back to that. Like I really, really thought to myself, I'm like, if I won the lottery, what would I do? Sandwich. And it always went back to sandwiches. I love sandwiches. The only thing was I didn't want to open a restaurant. Like I knew what a restaurant life would be. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. I didn't want to open a restaurant. So, so was, you wanted to pay homage in a way. Correct. I wanted yeah. to play. I call it the sandwich, the king of meals. And so I wanted to do something like that. And so at the end of the day, I became uh, I was a big fan at the time uh, or still am of Johnny Cupcakes and uh, and, and his brand and what he does. And, and at the same time, I was in this crossroad and someone gave me the book Crush It, the first one, to read. And it talked about becoming like a subject matter expert and doing all these things. And so then I just kind of, I Ran submerged myself into, you know, I love sandwiches. I want to I tell people, I want to share my love of sandwiches with people. Um, and then it just kind of started escalating. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, why don't I do? I love clothing. I love T-shirts. Why not do a sandwich inspired clothing brand? I mean, there's like two food, there's like two food network on television. You know, it's like the foodie foodie community is huge. Um, like I, I even though it's still niche, it's but in specific, it's still big enough where everyone loves a sandwich. Well, and it's it's cross cultural too. Like the, it's not just about the sandwich and the food. It's about a cultural identity. Correct. So you do a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Mm -hmm. You do a, a Cuban sandwich that's Correct. in the in line of uh, Miami, Miami looking sort yeah. of colors. And so it's it becomes a cultural identity mm -hmm. as well. I remember when, um, what was it, last year or this year, that they were struggling to figure out what the official food of Orlando is. And yeah. they did some weird honey dessert thing, which is fine. I'm sure it's delicious. Correct. But... Like, that's not what I see the identity of Orlando being in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of food. Yeah. And it's the, and, and Orlando and, and I love Orlando. Like I've been here, obviously I've been here for over 20 years and, um, I, I have a, a great amount of pride and love for the city. So for me, when we found out, when I found out through Google, um, and through their Google, like analytics and to, you know, when they came the up most with searched, that Orlando yeah. was, and it's a lot of it was because of like your history and like, it's, it's almost scary. Cause it's like the whole concept of the big brother. Cause they even had in the article, like, if you want to learn how to take off your Google history or your Google locations, please, you know, this is how you do it in the article. Because what they did was they used based on where you go and the locations you go to. And so it's not just searches. It's also where you were going and eating at. And Orlando was named the U.S., the sandwich capital of the United States, which blows my mind because, you know, granted, I know I do these sandwich eat up events. I do a monthly event every month to help mm -hmm. other sandwich shops. But never in my wildest dreams would I think that. I mean, it even says in the article, like, you know, Philadelphia and certain cities like that, um, are, you know, are known for sandwiches and they're, you know, they have a lot of sandwiches. But based on the amount of people going to these things, these sandwich shops and just eating sandwiches, that's how it was called. And I even started like researching the other ones, like the other, like, okay, where's the coffee? Where's the, where's the Mexican? Yeah. Where's this? And because, those kind of made sense. And they all made sense. Yeah. And so I, when I saw that, I like, I jumped at the opportunity because I'm like, here I am. I'm like, this is my city. This is, we are sandwich, you know, we're the city of sandwiches. Um, you know, and so I kind of jumped at the idea of wanting to do something fun. And that's kind of where I came up with the concept. I wanted to do something fun, but I wanted to give back. And so I was able to use that community aspect of 
going out to the different sandwich shops that I've done events with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted it, I needed to be quick. I needed a quick turnaround. So, I mean, I was, I was very fortunate to have an artist that was all in with me to kind of be like, yeah, let's do this. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. We need this certain amount of timeline. Cause I also, you know, it's, it's a long process when it's a small brand like me to get shirts done. You know, it's not just getting a shirt done, you know, and I'm done. I got to get it to a printer. I get hem tags put in. I mean, there's right. all these different things that well, happen. And you got to make sure you know a little bit more about what the quality is going to look like, what it's going to look like, Correct. but you still have to sort of test it and Correct. do all of those things. Correct. Yeah. And so once I was able to do all that and figure everything in the mere fact, I mean, for me, I, I was very, I, it was a very proud moment to be able to do, you know, and, and I think to me, maybe part of it is because of the fact that it is, was a side quote unquote side hustle um, that I really thought to myself, I'm like, you know, a lot of these brands that do this, that depend on this would not be able to do what I'm doing, which is a hundred percent of my proceeds. You know, all the money that went from those sales went directly to second harvest food bank. And that's, yeah, they wouldn't that be able to pivot. Like they that, wouldn't be yeah. able to pivot, but I knew that I could, and I was willing to take that sacrifice because one, I absolutely love the design. And two, I absolutely love what second harvest food bank does. And I thought like, what a perfect, transition when it comes to the branding aspect of it. I'm mm-hmm. food related. They're food related. They're, I want to be able to give to the homeless. The fact that them as a small, small organ, as a large organization, but the mere fact that your money for every, like for every dollar, it's worth like nine, you know, like $9 worth of food. I mean, for me, that's awesome. I mean, like you think about it. I mean, you give someone a hundred bucks and they can make $900 worth of food. That's amazing. So I kind of like, I needed to jump on that. And I I just thought it was like, it was time for me to do that. It was on my goals it's pretty much been on my goals to do something like that that for over two years was to give back or do something with second harvest food bank. So that just that lightning strike, that Eureka moment, you were like, this is the way to do it. Um, Are those shirts still available? There's a few left. Um, I kind of, I'm trying to figure out what to do because obviously at the end of the day, I love the design and I want to bring it back, but I did a limited run just because it was a lot. It took a lot of time and effort and a lot, you know, and as much as I want it, I also didn't want it to be, a long period of time um, where I'm basically waiting, making Second Harvest Food Bank wait for money. So I literally like I'm down to like, I think a few, just a few sizes left um, of that shirt. It may come back, um, but it may come back as just like a regular Deli Fresh Thread shirt, not yeah. a shirt. Maybe some proceeds may go back, but not 100% like I have it right now on the website. Out. Yeah. All right. So DeliFreshThreads.com. Uh, Biggie, we're already at the end of the first hour. We got to take. I know, I know. I'm a joy to talk to. Uh, So we're gonna play a song. Let's play the Foo Fighters with a T-shirt. Sweet. Okay, that works out well. Next hour coming up, bad business ideas. Uh, We're gonna talk a little bit more about your creative process and the music that you interact with, and uh, then we'll have a very, very special pop quiz for you. Awesome. Hundredth episode. uh, Biggie is here. DailyFreshThreads.com. You're listening to a certain degree. One (laughs) hundred. This episode is being brought to you by Bated Breath, the coworker who comes in despite being sick. Gross. They claim allergies, just the sniffles, or even deny it outright. But you know the entire office is about to be decimated thanks to Patient Zero. Using new innovations from science, we can tell if someone is sick just from their breath. But can we force them to go home? Yes. Simply hide the Bated Breath sensor on their desk. If it detects viruses, germs, or other vile creatures, it will emit a foul smell, forcing the person to leave. Wait for your bated breath at toacertaindegree.com. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy 
on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, the best in basement radio and the voice of Rollins College. You're listening to a certain degree. I think that's how you say the name. Big bad. Voodoo daddy. Voodoo daddy. Yeah. You have to kind of question mark it at the end? Yeah, I think so. Sure. I want to be like you, and I played that on purpose. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to the second hour of To a Certain Degree. Very special guest, uh, Biggie Bencomo, is here from Delhi Fresh Threads. Good morning, Biggie. Good morning, and congratulations on your 100th episode. 100th episode. I couldn't think of a better guest to coincidentally just be here for the 100th episode. means a lot. Okay. (laughs) It does. It means a lot to me. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it was you. Uh, because I think that you, uh, as a, as a, as an entrepreneur, as a small business person, as someone who's really going to be able to help with the bad business ideas, yeah. it was really important for you to be here. Cause I've got some, I've got some really good ones for you today. I love it. Let's talk. About and it. so, uh, well, first we have to play the song. Okay. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone, so come on, have some fun. Yes, it's been two years of bad business ideas, two years of terrible business plans. Who else can make that kind of claim? Toys R Us, Sears, (laughs) Nine What? Okay, so we're not unique in any way. Uh, Before we get to your ideas, Big E, uh, this one has been sort of simmering in my mind for a while, so I just want to pitch it. This is not one of your choices. Okay. I just want to get your opinion on it because it is clothes-related. We have smartphones. We have smart watches. Can we have smart jackets? What does that mean? What's a smart jacket? Okay, so let's break it down. Okay. You know what a jacket is. Yeah. Very good idea. You're from up north. You probably uh, have owned them in the past, but obviously you live in Florida now, so you may not have one now. Uh, Or maybe you have one and you don't wear it that often. We know what smart is in the case of a phone, right? Like it can tell us things and it can keep track of stuff and we can check the web and things like that. What What in my vision a smart jacket would do is prevent us from making terrible choices. When when you say that, are we? Uh, let mm-hmm. me see if we're on the same wavelength there. Sure. When you say that, are you saying like in the sense that bad choices meaning you can wear this jacket, and if it's going to rain, the jacket then somehow can alter where it becomes more uh, rain resistant. I like but that idea. When it's cold, it actually will provide additional insulation, so or it kind of puffs up or puffs something. Puffs up, or at least maybe provide since it, you know we're thinking smart, we're thinking electronic. It has some heating elements. Hopefully they don't burn you um, like a Samsung phone, but, uh, you know, but it kind of some heating elements where it actually warms, it keeps you warm during the cold. So depending on how cold it gets, the warmer the jacket, the warmer the jacket and cozier the jacket gets, which obviously you can control with your phone. By the way, way better idea than I had. (laughs) So this is why I'm glad you're here. I also like the idea that if it does puff up, like if you're passing by, like, let's say somebody who's maybe attractive, like it kind of makes you look more muscular. And I bet you can even make that one of the, like the upgrades that you pay for, for uh, for like you know you know how you like app, built in apps you're like oh yeah, I need yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to pay for I this need the, and you get I, the, I need the muscle look yeah, yeah the muscle look the bulkier no what I was thinking is it would actually control our movements so oh. for example let's say you you have a big presentation and you never know what to do with your hands and people have commented you like your hands are a mess yeah. like what are you doing the the jacket will not let you move your hands. Or let's say you're uh, accident prone, like you're always knocking stuff over. The mm-hmm. jacket would stop you before you knock something over. Oh wow! And uh, maybe you, uh, maybe you're a little tipsy, and you uh, maybe post something on Facebook that you're going to regret later. The phone, the jacket will not let you do that. 
So the idea is, I'm not sure if it's like a mechanical uh, uh, sort of um, foundation of the jacket that prevents you from doing that, or it's a bunch of little jets and parachutes. Oh wow! That kind of stop you from swinging your arms around. What kind of jacket are you thinking? Because the more the more you're speaking, the more I'm thinking it's like a sports coat or a oh, sports jacket. Sports coat, you know, sports more jacket. Of that you can kind of yeah. wear casual with jeans, but at the same time, dress it up for the presentation. As exactly. opposed to like a windbreaker or something of that sort. Well, I was going to go classic members only, but again, okay, you are the fashionista here, so <laughs> I'm going to go that. with you. I'm going to go with you again. This is why you're here, yeah. and this is why I'm so excited is to have somebody, a successful businessman, uh, on the show like yourself. So we'll work on smart jacket. I like that. We're going to come up like with that. that. Uh, we can maybe uh, do some things with that. Biggie, may I call you Biggie? Yeah, please. Great. Bread with a pocket. Bread with a pocket. Pita, naan, you know, those sorts of yeah, yeah, yeah. sandwich breads, yeah. uh, whatever you want to whatever you want to call that. How about bread with a pocket? This is your first idea. Bread with a pocket specifically designed for your pocket. So pocket in a pocket, special pocket sandwiches that go in your pocket. I could work with that. I could work with that. Would it be pocket in the pocket, like pant pocket, or pocket in a pocket of a shirt? In a shirt or pants. Okay. But, okay, so let's talk about the downsides of that. So you got a couple I, I, off the top of my head. Yeah, I, what I, got, are you thinking? I got a couple right off the top of my head, too. Like, I'm thinking if you do pant pocket one, the pant pocket sandwich or the pant pocket bread. Right. If you put it in your pocket, uh, automatically, then it would have to be, you would want it to either be warm or room temperature. Because of the fact that, you know, like the heat coming, you know, when you're, you know, something's your in your body pocket, heat. your body heat. Oh, I hadn't considered warm that. So yeah. you kind of have like a warm ham and cheese or something like that, depending okay. on what it is. Good. You also obviously need something that, depending, would be, you know, that you can eat that would not, I obviously you can't have tuna. That would not be a very good uh, pocket sandwich. Right. So I was also thinking in terms of, okay, you don't want it to leak. Correct. Obviously, that might be bad. Mm-hmm. You also, your pockets may not be clean. Mm-hmm. Lint. Right. So how do we solve this? Another pocket, a pocket in the space-time continuum. Okay. So step one, this is going to be our special, and I'm gonna, uh, I'll am gonna, i tell you the name in a second. Uh, step one, put your favorite sandwich stuffing in our bread. This is a specially designed bread. Step two, as you put it in your pocket, a small black hole opens up that your sandwich fits into perfectly, keeping it fresh and hygienic, and your pants or shirt spotless. Step three, carefully <laughs> retrieve your sandwich without getting sucked into the event horizon. Very good. Yeah. So this is called burn a roll in your pocket because it might actually catch fire. Good news, though. Toasted sandwich. Toasted sandwich. How many sandwiches do you think we could fit in there? Like is Uh, it like a a family, like a mom? Can a mom fit like enough for her kids? Okay. So are we talking like hoagie? Like, you know, how big? I guess we're starting small. I was doing quick snack. Okay. Quick snack. So So, not like a hoagie type thing, but more like kind of like the size of a bread or, you know, regular sandwich size. You know what we could do is eventually move on to like a cooler and you could fit like a slab of meat in a small cooler or something like that. I mean, it's a black hole, right? You could do pretty much anything. I know. I mean, part of this will be the research and development on your side. Okay. Uh, if you decide to run with a uh, burn a roll in your pocket. <laughs> Definitely toasted sandwiches. I like that. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. So you just pull it. Pull it out. Pull out a sandwich. Yeah, nice and warm, toasty, toasty sandwiches. It's, it's, it, it's got some legs. It does. It's got some research that needs to be done as well. Yeah. And uh, possibly you might destroy the world. But at the same time, a, a sandwich in my pocket. 
Anytime I want to. Anytime you want. Better than it's, and then you, of course, if you're a Napoleon Dynamite fan, you have tots on the other pocket. Tots, everything you else. Got a side, yeah. You got a side on the pocket and the sandwich on the you other do a side. Drink. I mean, in theory, it's a black hole. But I, I wanted yeah. to obviously I wanted to start with sandwiches. Of sandwiches, yes. Because and it works. It's a pocket yeah. sandwich in your pocket. I like it. Okay. Very good. Well, if you like that, hold on to your hat. The one that you have. Uh, second idea, wearing your heart on your sleeve. Okay. It's not something ever. You're a very expressive guy. Yeah. You probably are terrible at poker because I think that. Yeah, uh, I have no poker face. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are, I, I can tell <laughs> you are happy, you are sad, you're yeah. upset. Uh, some people are stoic, though, and show very little yeah. emotion. Do you know anybody like that? I do know some folks like that, yeah. Okay, so you've never been accused of not showing enough emotion. Correct. But some of these other people have. Maybe you call them robots, which actually is pretty cool, or Vulcans, which I would uh, really appreciate sometimes. So having said that, researchers are working on a smart contact lens that will measure the amount of glucose in your eye water or tears. And so for people who are diabetic, this is a great way to, a non-stick way to tell if they're low on glucose. Wow. So what they're doing is with this contact lens is it'll light up. So you'll know when you're low on glucose. Still in the research phase, still doing a lot of that stuff. Um, now, what about when we're talking about the emotions? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? What you got? Let's say it, one, two, three, and then we'll say what we're thinking, okay? Okay. One, two, three, using eyeball lights to convey emotions. Oh, that's better than what I thought. Oh, what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking using the eyeball lights, but then since you said sleeve on your, you know, emotions on your sleeve, and I'm looking and I'm constantly looking at your, uh, you know, your branded, your, uh, your branded, uh, heart. Oh, the heart, the, yeah. the 3D so printed you heart. you would actually be able to wear that. And then that emotion oh, is actually like on your sleeve and it actually will show. That works out your really emotion. well. With my, so yeah. That way it's an, a good visual rather than staring at someone and all of a sudden they have like a strobe light going of different colors. Yeah. But I like the idea of the emotions in your eyes like light up and different. Well, because you look, you don't want to look yeah. at you don't want to look at people's chest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to be able. To, I mean, as yeah. much as I enjoy yeah. your your logo, I'm going to look at it once. Go, oh, yeah. I, nice. I like the the design that he yeah. has on his shirt, and then I'm going to look you in the eye, and then because that's the kind of guy I, I am. like that. And if and obviously then it's a cool idea because then if your eyes are red, obviously anger. And you can kind of show, like, you know, kind of the different waves right. of different emotions. I never have um, to worry about yeah. what I'm talking to somebody. Like, if I'm interviewing them and I'm pitching bad business ideas and yeah. they have no idea what's going on, whatever the confused color comes up. Correct. Or if they're mad that they're here this early in the morning yeah. talking about these shenanigans, then I'll see the red. And then you're like, yeah, I know. I know, right? That's a great uh, idea. So this is called Naked Eye. Uh, color code your emotions. Because you're not going to be able to hide anything. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So the idea there is, uh, again, just you know exactly what other people are thinking. So now that I say it out loud, I never want people to know what I'm thinking, so I'm not really That's sure a tough, I like That this. would be a tough one in, the, yeah. in that aspect, especially, you know, then people would definitely would. It, I would I'd be very curious on how many relationships end with that. Maybe just, just because, put it in, yeah, when you're fighting. When you're fighting? Yeah. So you, people can really know. Although yeah. when you're fighting, like, or you have to show emotion. Like yeah. maybe you have to go see the uh, tearjerker movie and you really. Maybe it's a therapy thing. If you go oh, to therapy. I like that. You have to, and you wear it for therapy. Yeah. So the therapist can tell. Can tell. Yeah. Shouldn't they or be if, tell? Or, or if a couple, or if, you know, if so, uh, you know, sometimes you may have a significant other and you're like, you just don't show enough emotion. You're like, well, here. And you're here, like, here are the my eyeballs. On. Yeah. Check out my eyeballs. Yeah. Look at me. Now, now see how much yeah. emotion I'm showing. <laughs> As I'm turning red. Yeah. 
I like that. Uh, I think for the therapist too, that would prevent them from having to use lie detectors. Yeah. Um, do you is, like that's that's a thing, right? Like my, I go to my therapist. The first thing she does is, is a lie detector test. Is set me up with a lie detector. I don't know about that, but really, you, depending on which one you're going to, that's not a common. Is yours? Uh, is yours one thing? that is uh, done by the law? The law. Oh, is it's a state uh, yeah. mandated okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then I can. Then I can okay. see. I think that's regular. It protocol. makes sense. Okay. Very good. All right, Biggie. Big decision. No pun intended. Yeah. Burn a roll in your pocket. I mean, I guess smart jacket is on the table too, but burn a roll in your pocket or naked eye. Which would you, with all the time you have, all the energy you have to put towards this, you, the branding expertise that we talked yeah. about last hour, put that energy towards one of these. Which do you think has the most opportunity to grow? Well, so we're going talk to me here. We'll go what two you, different. Yeah. Uh, my thought process wise. Yeah. So obviously, please. if I want to stay within brand, then it would be the pocket, the pocket sandwich. Right. Um, you just have to figure out how to just do have to, yeah, the tears in the space time continuum. Yeah, that's the yeah. only hard part. I would have to figure that out. That's the to, hard part. Well, that's one of the hard parts. I would be thinking it would that, be what kind of bread you were going to use. Well, it wouldn't be a pita. I'll tell you that. Okay, uh, it wouldn't be a pita. So we'll have to figure. I'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to see the other. I do like the idea, the smart jacket idea. That smart jacket idea is actually pretty. I can see something like that being created. Maybe not to the extent of the arms of, you know, making you so you're less clumsy, Mm -hmm. but definitely the concept of being able to one jacket for all seasons um, type of thing. And then the transformer jacket, kind of like a transformer jacket. Yeah, Yeah. I could see something like that. I wouldn't surprise me. There's I know they're starting to do more like, you know, smart clothing Mm -hmm. um, and smart wares. So I can see some I wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me if in 10 years or less. We uh, we start seeing something like that. Um, I definitely love the the the, the contact that the idea of the the, the naked eye um, idea to where it'd be able to show your emotions. I just don't know. It would have to be a very specific niche uh, customer for it. I almost want to say maybe oh, actually it would be a good it would be workout because we have great for law enforcement. Law enforcement, you basically put the contact on the criminal or the person that's arrested yeah. and start asking them questions, ultimate lie detector test to see. And we would just have to basically then we would then sell them the 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 add-on of like the lie detector version of it. So it basically automatically oh, it. goes yeah. goes one color or the other. But if that's where I think if I had to go with one, that's the one I would go with because I think we would actually be able to use it for interrogation, to use it at courtrooms. You can use it on in, you know, the police department, FBI, anything having to do with interrogation or questioning. Bam, throw that stuff on them and be done. Well, OK, so let me let me take that one step further. You and I both have kids. Yeah. Uh, yes. My daughter's not a good liar. My son is. So maybe we go ahead and just uh, get them uh, started on that now. I like that. Yeah. And I think even you could start, if you can figure out a way of doing it where it's almost like glasses, because in case, you know, some people are finicky with their eyes. Sure. Some version of it where you can at least still, and it automatically, the screen would kind of, same concept, but the screen, the lens would then show the different color. I mean, basically we're just looking for a brain interface of yeah, some kind that exactly. will automatically tell us what the other person is actually thinking. I like it. Yeah, that's okay. the one. All right, we'll go with that, the naked eye. Uh, thank you so much, Biggie. Thanks, man. And we'll be back with you in a moment. Let's listen to another song. Uh, this seems appropriate for just having put put you through that. Uh, Primitive, The Way I Treat You from Ambulance LTD on nice. WPRK. Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Bid Bus. What's better than a cheap ride share? 
How about one where you don't know the destination? Bidbus works just like Lyft, but with a healthy dose of eBay. Your drop-off is auctioned off, so you're delivered to the highest bidder. Will it be your house? A coffee shop? A timeshare presentation? Just remember, you have the option to outbid them, so everyone wins. Well, mainly we win. We always win. Bidbus, helping businesses capture new customers. Ah, uh, maybe capture isn't the right word here? Well, download the app at toacertaindegree.com. Ambulance LTD on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. That was Primitive, The Way I Treat You. Biggie is here from Deli Fresh Threads. Good morning, Biggie. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. 100th episode. I've uh, been wanting to get you on the show for a while because you're such a cool guy and Thanks. everything that you do is really neat. Um, obviously, you've already uh, given me a shirt, so I don't know why I'm complimenting you other than I'm being genuine, which if I had those contact lenses we were just talking about, you could see that. Yes. But I don't, color. so you're just going to have to assume that I'm being genuine. Or am I? <laughs> no, I'm being pretty genuine. Uh, Biggie, we have so much to talk about, too, still. Um, so if you missed any of the show, you can go back and... Uh, it'll be up on my site and on iTunes and Google Play and everything later this week. In the meantime, though, I'm always curious about uh, creative processes. Yeah. And what I find interesting is one of the things we're talking about today, I think, you know, it, in my head, and maybe this is just unique to me, when somebody says creative process, they think drawing or uh, some other kind of art, digital art or writing or something along those lines. Running a business, running a small business, especially when you have a lot of control over it, there's a lot of creative opportunities there throughout the entire process, whether yeah. that's uh, producing videos or thinking about your next designs or coming up with a creative solution to an issue that you're having, whether that's marketing or something else. Um, how do you interact with music? when you're being creative do you need to have music on in the background when you're obviously well not when you're shooting a video because yeah. that would be uh, an issue but when you're sketching or when you're starting to think about you know what's next for your organization and your brand and what's next for deli fresh threads so yeah i do i do use quite a bit of music um a lot of it is you know i I listen. I try to listen mostly to music, or you know, sometimes there's a podcast playing in the background when I'm packing sure. orders and stuff like that. And like, I do let my mind kind of just go. Um, but I think music does play a part. I think any form of any form of creativity can inspire someone. So I think to me, sometimes music does go that route. Like um, my wife and my daughter think it's lame because I sometimes may put songs into um, I may change the words to songs into sandwich related topics I don't think that's lame um, and so my brain goes that way and I don't know if it's because my I'm always thinking and I'm not to the point where like I was like like I was joking with you like I eat other things than sandwiches. I know people don't think that, but I do eat other something other than sandwiches. It just happens to be that it's my passion. It's what I love. But yes, I do think my brain does go that route. Like I mm. do look at, you know, just like my Argyle, my Argyle shirt that's there. Like I looked at, I was wearing an Argyle sweater and when I looked at it, I go, oh my God, those diamonds are bread slices. And like, and I went that route. Um, same thing with like when I listened to, uh, you know, I, I listen to Ed Sheeran, um, The Shape of You. I don't think of Shape of You. I think of Taste of You, you know, and I think of him singing a song to a sandwich. And uh, well, I think all of his songs are sung towards sandwiches. Hey, and, and I think that's awesome. Because, Ed Sheeran, you're, I, I know he's a big listener. If yeah. you want to call in and let us know, Please confirm do. that. 93% sure that's and the case. I'm, and I'm going to say I'm 93% sure that his favorite sandwich is a peanut butter and jelly. 
um, is what is um, is what I'm almost certain of. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, I do think that. I think my brain kind of goes that route. I usually go more towards. Um, I've noticed I've gone more towards the instrumental versions of certain like of songs and music. Um, so when you're working, you're listening working, to something so without yeah, words. So there's yeah. something that there's no, you know, and sometimes there's words and I'm just kind of jamming out and dancing and singing to it. And so, you know, when you start getting kind of like the creative juices flowing, you're kind of dancing it up and, you, mm-hmm. you know, I call it dumb dancing because it's not really, you can't really classify it as anything else other than you're just doing funny things. Um, you know, I do think that I kind of, it does help, uh, you know, wake up the mind to kind of get things, uh, get creative and get the juices flowing. So when you're looking for your opportunities, um, you're looking at a lot of different things. So we were just talking about, uh, for example, you have to keep track of National Grilled Cheese Day, National uh, Ice Cream Sandwich Day is coming up, uh, which you'll have an event on, which we'll talk about. Uh, But you have to keep track of all of that. You have to, when you saw that story, the Google story about the sandwich search in Orlando, that inspired a shirt. So you have to keep yourself open for creative opportunities coming in all the time. Um, How do you do that? Like, what's the best way that you interface with content and things like that? Because I feel like, you know, for for some people, it's just through social media and that gets tough after a while because you're hearing a lot of the same things over and over again. So how do you go out there and consume content? Yeah, so I will definitely say social media does help quite a bit. Twitter, things of that nature help. Um, I'll even do a lot of like, since I have, uh, we don't have cable. I use like Apple TV and a lot of times I'll do, I'll just see what's trending on. Like, uh, I'll see what's, I like seeing what's trending on, you know, YouTube, like the trending, the, what's trending mm-hmm. on YouTube. I also will do a lot of, uh, Google news just to kind of see what's going on within like the world and odd news. I love odd news. I love, I absolutely think odd news, uh, you know, any of the weird stuff. Um, Obviously I look for it because of the fact that I look for sandwich related topics because it gives me something else to talk about. It's, you know, it's one of those where I don't want people to, um, when people come to my site, I really try to make it an effort not to be, um, just like, hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Right. I want people to be able to get something out of it. So I do try to do like sandwich news or I try to do what's your favorite sandwich. And I try to ask celebrities, you know, hey, what's your favorite sandwich? And, you know, and write, be able to write about that, those things. And I think it's it gives me other gives me other material because you have to kind of look at what's around and what's going on. Um, there's all, obviously some other things like there's some topics like I know there was something bad that happened with. Um, with obviously with like a sandwich, it was a sandwich related thing where like the person tried to kill, uh, kill someone every day, putting, uh, putting something in their, in their sandwich. Oh, to, and I, and I was yeah. like, I don't want to share that on my social yeah. media or post anything like that. Cause I think sandwiches are great. Now, granted some, some people are dumb and like they'll steal something and then go on a tractor and, or a lawnmower and try to wheel out because they stole a sandwich or something like that. I'm all about sharing that. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not about, you know, causing harm uh, in an evil way to someone like that because they did something or, you know, so in that aspect, I look at all forms of, I try to find social media, do maybe Reddit, just kind of anywhere I can find information or content, because obviously any way that I can kind of spin it and kind of keep it related to my, uh, to my brand, um, is really, I, I think something important for me, like great example was, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors, there was a huge thing, and I was really upset because that was the game, the year that they lost. Um, but I read a whole thing about how they fired their nutritionist because the nutritionist wouldn't give them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and it became such a big issue. And went all the way up to the owner about how they needed 
to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches available for the team. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. And I had like the whole thing written out and then they freaking go and they lose um, in the finals. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I was going to say like the Golden State Warriors won not because of their all-stars, but it was because of the PB&J sandwich, mm-hmm. um, especially since KD wears has a peanut butter and jelly sneaker. I mean, I was like, I like literally went all over the place. Um, so I had to wait a whole freaking year for them to win it again. So when they finally won it, I was like, I got to post this. I was like, I got to post it this. I'm like, it finally happened. The peanut butter and jelly. The, the, it was like the fifth member of the team to help it out. The all-star, you know, most valuable sandwich of the team, you know, that type of stuff. So, yeah, I kind of I'm always looking for stuff. So what I find interesting about it and I've, uh, you know, fall into this uh, sometimes as well is I really I really like posting stuff about the brand and really the helpful stuff. Like I'd rather post about my former guests or something yeah. that they've said that was particularly compelling or insightful. Sometimes it can be super fun, like what you're describing, and sometimes it can be work. And sometimes, you know, because you have to feed the beast, right? Correct. Like there's this hamster wheel of content mm-hmm. and it has to keep going yep. or else the hamster dies. Is that how it works? No. It just the hamster's gets lazy. Dead. It gets lazy. It just gets lazy and yeah. that's it. It just becomes yeah. uh, like a hamster. Ham, no, I don't they have couches, so they just kind of get fat. The hamster couch. Yeah, hamster couch. New from, uh, uh, from Daily Fresh Threads. Yes, hamster couch. <laughs> but yeah, so you have to keep going with this. So what do you do when it does feel like work or when it does feel like it's not as inspired or it's not just coming off the top of yeah. your head? There, there's definitely times that that happens, and uh, and so when those things happen, I a lot of times I'll go back and look at my, um, I'll look at my, I have like a, I have a few notebooks, um, and I'll just kind of things that I write down and doodles and ideas, um, maybe phrases, and I'll kind of go back to, a lot of times back to those, uh, back to those things, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of maybe get you know re inspiration. Um, and a lot of times it, it is very it is very difficult to kind of stay on track sometimes or to be able to pull off um, constantly be able to do those things. And, you know, my big thing is just like how, how I do my blog posts. I do the same thing with my Instagram. It's like I try to post pictures of sandwiches. I try to post different things and not just just not like buy, hey, shirt, buy my stuff, buy, shirt, buy my yeah. skirt, buy my shirt. And a lot of that is just because I want people to I love to be able to give like sandwich history, sandwich facts. And so that's kind of what I do. I kind of start thinking to myself, what else? What what am I missing on what am I not looking at content wise that maybe I can help produce and maybe as I start researching maybe I find out maybe it inspires me to do a a new a new idea uh, or a new concept and so I kind of go that route I kind of try to stay within within the world of how can I keep it within my brand but at the same time make it fun for me as well that's why I kind of went the route of when I started asking celebrities or people like what's your favorite sandwich it was because a I think it gave me an opportunity to keep you relevant Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time it's a question that people don't get asked very often um, and so, so they might actually react. So they may actually in, in respond many cases back they to have. Me. Yeah, I've got, I went on a huge streak where I was getting everybody to react. Now, lately, it's been very quiet. And I, I try to ask the question. There's certain people that I kind of want to know and I keep asking. Um, it's all really about timing. Sometimes I get, it hits, I hit gold and then other times I yeah. don't get anything. Um, and then I have other times where it just becomes like a massive, you know, it's just kind of funny how it all kind of, res- they go back and forth and respond. And next thing I know, I'm interacting with them and I become friends with some of them, um, you know, which is, so it's pretty awesome that way. Well, you're, I, you know, it's nice because you're not asking the controversial questions. It's just the same. Correct. Correct. It's fairly easy unless somebody's a vegan and they accidentally admit that they like a Reuben or something like that. Yeah. That could be a big that could be get huge. in terms of a story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then you've got uh, Deli Fresh uh, TMZ. There you go. I like that. I like that too. <laughs> Biggie, thank you very much. Let's take a break and then we're going to come back. Very special quiz today. Oh, sweet. Yes. Can't wait. So you are going to have to, you have to get them mostly right, by the way, if you okay. want to continue being my friend. Okay. That's how it, it works. Uh, so we'll hear that uh, on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Let's listen to some spinners with I'll Be Around. I thought I listened to that and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is about Biggie. I like it. Uh, on WPRK. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Brand Knuckles. Studies show that branding and your brand may be the most important thing that you will ever do or think about in your life. If you've been to any marketing or social media conference, you would know this. That's why we've developed Brand Knuckles, because we went to one of those conferences and we didn't fully understand what a brand is, so we just started putting logos on brass knuckles. Brand Knuckles. Turn your brand into a lethal weapon. Not available in 24 states or the other 26. Don't order at toacertaindegree.com. The Spinners on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I'll be around. Big E. That's right. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Thanks, man. My name is Nick. Thank you so much. Uh, Anthony Biggie Bencomo is here. Deli Fresh Threads. We're going to get all of that, but it, just remember Deli Fresh Threads. Yeah. Just, you can search on that on the interwebs, uh, on any of the social medias. And, well, not any of them, but the, the big ones. The big ones. The big ones. Uh, so listen, it's the 100th episode yes. of To a Certain Degree, so you know the quiz is going to have to do with something near and dear to me, but it also has to do with something about today. So historical event and anniversary, something that happened on July 9th. Well, guess what? On this day... In 1932, King C. Gillette passed away. Yes, Gillette as in razors. Okay. So the guy who basically came up with the stamping and the disposable and all that, uh, which is related to hair, which is very near and dear to me. You may know this from looking at me, but I'm Greek. And uh, spoiler alert for the few people who listen to this show that don't know me that well, I'm covered in hair. Okay. So that's the case. And I thought I'd ask someone who always has excellent hair to help. Uh, Nicole Dupre is an amazing uh, and talented makeup artist and design artist. And you may also know her as the founder and executive director of Opera Del Sol. Yes. She's going to help us with a quiz. First question coming up right now. King C. Gillette, razors, hair, everything else. Take it away, Nicole. Hello, everybody. Gillette, whose first name was indeed King, started selling his razors and blades back in 1903. The razor set sold for $5 with a 20-pack of razors for a dollar. In 2018 money, how much would that set you back? A, around $50. B, around $150. But hang on. You know what? The pop quizzes have been about historical figures in the past, but this is episode 100. This should be about Nick. So let's stick with the hair theme, though. Here's the actual question. When Nick was born in Montreal, he earned a nickname from the nurses since he came out with plenty of whiskers. What was that nickname? A. Le Petit Noir. B. Old Man Nick. C. They didn't call him anything. They just ran away screaming. Okay, so this will be a little more embarrassing than I intended it to be. So what do you think they called me when I was born? What was the first one? Le, Le Petit Noir. Le Petit Noir. Yeah, because it was a lot of black hair. <laughs> Old Man Nick, or they just ran away 
I will go with Le Petit Noir since uh, it was Montreal. It was Montreal. Okay, let's see if you're correct with that. He started out in life with the name Le Petit Noir since he was covered head to toe in black hair. Was a priest called because they thought he might be a werewolf? Uh, we'll never know for sure. There you go. You're one for one. Nice. Uh, so this will be, uh, we changed topics here, and so it'll be about me and uh, hair-related items. Perfect. So you're kind of a hairy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can relate. I can definitely relate. Perfect. All right, Nicole. Nick and the half Sasquatches, or half Squatches, like him, can lean into all the hair they have and start some new fashion trends. Out of the following, which do you think he should try on for size? A, mutton chops, but on his shoulders. B, cornrows, back hair cornrows. C, ear beehives, also known as ear hives. So that's a tough one. Uh, if I, I feel like I already have the mutton chops on mm-hmm. the shoulders. Yeah. So that's kind of actually where I was leaning towards. So. Yeah. Yeah. I thought okay. That one but oh, they're not as shaped. No, okay. So they could be shaped as mutton chopped. So you're, you're going to go with that one? That, yeah. Over the corn roll, because I just feel like that one, because here's my, here's my thought process. If you oh, do please. the mutton chop on the shoulders, you kind of got a little bit more broader shoulders. Oh, yeah. If you it's do a the good cor- look. Yeah. If you do the corn roll, the corn rolls on the back here, then it almost it'll make you look bigger, and you don't want to go that route. You want to be more uh, wider, back bigger. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm gonna go with those. Okay, let's see what uh, what Nicole had. B cornrows, back cornrows, because well, of course. <laughs> Maybe Nicole's think, into that. Yeah. So I made her read this, so I think she's uh, she's still <laughs> surprised in many of these reactions. Um, I also like the back hair cornrows because when you sit, it's almost like a massage thing. Oh, a little extra yeah. cushioning. Yeah, right yeah. Back. I yeah. gotcha. All right. Next uh, question, Nicole. Wild hares, otters, and even insects use their hair for insulation from the cold, waterproofing, and sensing their environments. If Nick's hair was to have some kind of additional superpower or just be more useful in general, what would you think would be a good option? Okay. So this is an open-ended question. So I would say in, in my case, so I shed a lot. But the hair is not long enough to really do anything with. What I'd like to be able to do is make more rugs for friends and family. Nice. So if I could have some sort of uh, use for my hair or useful superpower when it comes to my hair, it would be that. I was thinking if you're thinking superpowers, I would think that, you know, your hair, you would be able to do almost kind of like... um. Kind of like how the Green Lantern uses his ring to be able to create different things. Oh, yeah. You, with your hair, would with be hair. able to create other things. You would be able to, like, you know, like, oh, some baby's falling. And all of a sudden you grab, a like, net. and it like, super becomes a net or a big old blanket type thing or or something like that. That would be kind of the superpower. But So you're kind of in the same line because you're thinking, I was also thinking blankets, like, oh, you can use it, you know, for to create bedding or, in, you know, kind of thing like that. Like it's almost like a mattress. Yeah, it is. Very sustainable. Exactly. Kind of musky. Fluffy. Yeah. Well, fluffy. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about fluffy. Well, you know what I mean. Like, if you have enough hair, it kind of starts bunching up. You can kind of create a good padding for it. All right. So let's see. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Anything to give it a positive spin. Of course. Let's see what uh, Nicole had. Um, invisibility cloak. Duh. So if I could somehow manage to have the hairs uh, bend light around me, oh, I could turn invisible. Visible. I think I would not have clothes on, though. If you did that, what about if you use the the beard and you can create? Guess what the the black hole or the different portals? Oh, the same kind of yeah. same kind of concept, but instead of it being invisible, it allows you to go from one alternate to like dimension to another or to different areas. Kind of like almost like 
Uh, not like clo- cloak and dapper, like a cloak and dagger. Cloak and like dagger, the yeah. Cloak, when he goes in the cloak, yep. he can go to one place. That's what you can do with your beard. It kind of cloaks you and takes you to a different area. When my beard is longer, it does feel like I can reach in and grab yeah. things from other dimensions. That'd be kind of cool. Or just old food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. I think we've got, uh, oh, I think we might have one more question. Oh, sweet. Last question. Nick's mom, a licensed esthetician, once lasered all the hair off of his back. It didn't last long because hashtag genetics and all the hair came back. While he was back bald, Nick had completely unwarranted fear of what? A, catching a cold. B, radiation from the laser would make his hairs come back thicker. Or C, the weight imbalance would make him dip forward. So what was my completely irrational fear after I got my back lasered? So I would say B, but if there was a D, I could see you going all of the above. All of the... I seriously can see all of the above. So be that the somehow the radiation. Yes, all would, of a sudden now it's like great. It's not only am I going to get my hair back, but it's going to be thicker and it's going to be you know even worse. Okay, well let's let's see. Uh, Nicole has the right answer again. Thank you so much, Nicole. I made her read all of these things. It was radiation from the laser. It's perfectly safe. It's not a gamma ray that turns follicles into Hulk hairs. Although that's probably what it would take to stop his follicles. He did shave his head for 10 years and did catch a lot of colds because of that. I did. You get very cold when you shave your head. Well, you retain a lot of your body heat from your hair. Yep. Or your head. Yeah. So I thought I'd have plenty of other hair to retain body heat. Not the case. Mm. Not the case at all. Good to know. All right. So I think that is, uh, you did very well. Thank you. By the way, you. it seems like you know me almost um, creepily, <laughs> creepily well. So let's say goodbye to Nicole. Bye, Nicole. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, Nicole Dupre, everyone. That was just as embarrassing as I thought it would be. So thank you again for that. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about Opera Del Sol, visit operadelsol.org or find them on Facebook. Their next event is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, It's really cool. In partnership with a few other groups, they will be uh, presenting music, the music of the night masquerade at the Orlando Rep. And that's August 2nd through the fourth should be very romantic uh you can bring a mask you should probably wear a mask i'm gonna wear a hair mask nice uh, i think it's just i'll just go as cousin it nice nicole is bringing uh op- making opera sexy back she's yeah bringing, that's what that's like her whole uh and she definitely can pull she's gonna pull it off she has she is pulling it off oh some of the events they've already had and they're yeah. gonna do they've got a couple of special events coming up this week so definitely follow them on mm-hmm. the social medias and uh that sort of thing so biggie yeah. Uh, I feel like you got to know me a little bit better, probably too much. I definitely got to know you a little bit better, and I really appreciate thank you uh, everything that you shared. We do have to turn it over to Best Hour and Smarketing News, but before we do that, let's just talk about the events you have coming up, where people can find you, those yeah, sorts of things. For sure. So I do a month, like I mentioned before, I do a monthly sandwich eat up. Um, I got two of them coming up that I can pretty much tell you um, right off the bat. One of them is Saturday, July 28th. It's going to be at Swine and Sons from 2 to 4. Um, and then I'm going to be teaming up with uh, Kelly's Homemade Ice Cream and Orlando, and we're going to celebrate National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. We're going to do that August 2nd. That's the day that it's celebrated. Um, and we'll be doing that. And you can, you'll be able to find more information this week from my, uh, on my website because um, you're going to have to actually pre-order. If you've never done one of Kelly's Homemade Ice Creams in Orlando, um, they actually do a pre-order for it because they actually it's fresh. You know, fresh donut ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, they're going to make them beforehand yeah, and pretty, she makes pretty them. Pretty awesome. Yeah. 
And, uh, and then you can obviously follow more information on me on, on all different social form, platforms, um, as well as also delifreshthreads.com. Um, and definitely, if you do, I love sea sandwich selfies, love to, love to interact. So give me a follow and, uh, and send me a message and let's talk. Let's talk sandwiches. And I would say uh, one of my favorites to follow you on is Facebook because I like the video content that you're starting to produce. So in your kitchen, making a sandwich, I find that a lot of fun because I feel like, uh, again, I'm not connecting with someone who's trying to sell me something. I'm connecting with a person who's doing something cool and doing something neat. And I would also say for the sandwich eat-ups, I wanted to just thank you for that in terms of uh, you're going to places that people may not normally know about. This isn't like you know, a big shop or a big chain or anything else. I'm thinking, you know, if you haven't been to Swine and Sons, if you haven't been to Kelly's, Carolina uh, Barbecue. Carabama. Carabama, yes, thank you, that uh, you had your last one at. Like, these are all fantastic places. This is an opportunity to go out and try them out, meet some people, some like-minded people, and uh, hang out for a bit. That's what it's about. It's about building community, helping one another, helping another small business, um, and that's really why I do it. I don't even actually sell my merchandise at these events. I really play a host. Um, my whole idea is to showcase another sandwich shop. Yeah. Um, you know, I believe in supporting local. And so you can definitely take a look. If you look at my past sandwich eat up events, great place for you to look at. Um, kind of like to give you a sandwich guide of places I recommend. If I don't like the place, we're not going to the place. I mean, it's really, I kind of, I, I kind of vouch for all these locations mm-hmm. um, and the food that they provide. And they, you know, they're definitely providing some great meals for you. What's your favorite sandwich? So my favorite sandwich is called the Chimu. It's a, I would say now it's a mythical sandwich because it does not exist. It used to be done by a treehouse truck, which is owned, was owned by Thomas of Pig Floyd's. Yeah. And uh, it was my all time favorite sandwich. He actually made it for, um, he made it for my birthday one year at um, my wife set it all up. And when I got to the restaurant, he actually brought the ingredients and actually made it at the restaurant for me, just for me. Um, and really what it is, it's, it's a chicken, chimu, it's chicken and steak. And it's like an Asian, it's like an Asian slaw with a mango barbecue sauce um, with sweet potato bread, uh, sweet potato fries on top. And then it's like a, it's called bang soa, which is like a sweet Puerto Rican bread. Mm-hmm. And it is literally like a full meal sandwich. It is, it is a hug, man. It's like. I was pretty much when they created it, I was having it anytime I could. On um, my birthday, it was automatically a guarantee thing that I would follow wherever this food truck was. Um, and, and I go would after eat it. it. Yeah. And they don't make it anymore. And um, I pretty much, I may possibly tell them about that sandwich every time I see him. Uh, whenever I go to Pig Floyd's, <laughs> uh, I tell him about it. And I'm like, hey, remember that awesome sandwich that was like, could have been the sandwich of Orlando if you would have uh, kept making Continue it. Continue making uh, it, yeah. Because it's so different. And, uh, and so he... I'm going to get there. I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm bringing that thing back. I don't care if I have to make it myself. Uh, um, wait, let's just start a petition. We should. Okay, I'm also starving right now. So yeah, thank so you for am that. I. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so it's let's so go good. have some sandwiches. Oh, let's do it. All right. Thanks, Biggie. Uh, you've been listening to a certain degree. I'll be back next week. And uh, yeah, that's it. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Congratulations, Who man. Who would have thought? Don't Way stop. back in 1986. Nobody, because there wasn't podcasts. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, here, let's play a song. <laughs> George Benson with My Latin Brother on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And that's the 100th show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. There are so many people to thank, but most of all you, because you've been here since the beginning, well, at least the beginning of this episode, which just goes to show you something, truly a lesson for us all. Check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A certaindegree.com for new episodes, merch, 
anything else you might need, anything at all. If you liked what you heard, let me know. Seriously, because if you don't like it, I don't want to do another hundred of these things. I'm not getting any younger. 